Thank you, Father. So it was, as it was mentioned, we're at the end of the book of Exodus right now. And I, I want you to understand that many will view the Torah as um, maybe a book of law, but I want to explain to you also that it is a book of prophecy, and it is a book that speaks about the coming of the Messiah. It speaks about his first coming. It speaks about his second coming. It's not just a, bo a book, the Torah of do's and don'ts. It's a book of prophecy about Yeshua. And here we are at the end of the book of Exodus, and we know that in the beginning of the book of Exodus that we see Passover. In the beginning of the book of Exodus, we see Passover. We see the children of Israel, the people of God, that they are enslaved, but the blood of the lamb is put on the doorpost. The angel of God, the angel of death, passes over all the houses that have the blood of the lamb on it. And the people of God are set free. And they march out in victory and in deliverance. And we know that Yeshua is the Passover lamb. The New Testament is very explicit about that one. That's the beginning of the book of Exodus. Salvation. If we can go to the end of the book of Exodus to where it concludes, and the last few verses within that last passage, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai, the glory of the Lord, filled the tabernacle. It goes on throughout all their journeys, journeys, and we know the story. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel set out. So I want you to see the picture here that at the beginning of the book of Exodus, we see salvation. We see the people who were enslaved. All of a sudden, they go out, they marched out in victory, in salvation. It starts, the book starts with salvation. And it ends with the glory falling. It ends with the glory falling on the tabernacle. And it was this amazing moment. With the, the glory was so thick even Moses couldn't even enter. This is the same Moses that spent time with God up on the mountain. The glory was so thick and so real that even Moses couldn't enter. And then we start to see this amazing paradigm of the, of the tabernacle moving with the Lamb. Moving with the Spirit. Wherever the spirit went, when the cloud or the fire moved, it would move. Whenever it rested, it rested. We see in the book of Exodus, salvation at the beginning. And at the end of the book of Exodus, we see this amazing connection. Because remember, you are the tabernacle. Remember that you are the tabernacle. The New Testament is explicit about it. You are the temple of God. And now we see the temple with the glory in it and the fire in it and this amazing connection between the tabernacle and the will of God. Perfect lockstep. It starts with salvation and it concludes with this amazing relationship between the tabernacle, that's us, and God. Moving when he moves. Moving north, south, east, west when he says to move. Resting when he says to rest. This incredible relationship with the Spirit of God. It's victory. This experience, this picture, is this amazing relationship that we see at the end. It reminds me of 
Is everybody familiar with the beginning of the book of Ezekiel? The book of Ezekiel begins with Ezekiel in Babylon. He sees this incredible vision of this angelic being, and it's very confusing, and it's got several heads and several this and wings and all these things, and it seems to be some sort of mechanism, you know, and but you know, but if you notice how it says that wherever the spirit went, it went. Right? And wherever the spirit went, it went. And it seemed to go the way Ezekiel describes this thing is that like, you know, it just stayed, it, it, it faced forward and it went up, down, north, south, east, right? It went through wherever the spirit went, it went. It's this is a, a, a heavenly representation of what we see at the end of the book of Exodus with us lockstep with God. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? That Ezekiel saw this heavenly vision of the angels, like moving with the Spirit of God, moving with the Spirit of God. Whatever direction the Spirit of God went, this angelic creature went. And now at the end of the book of Exodus, we see the tabernacle doing exactly the same thing. Do you see the connection? Do you see the connection? This is where God is bringing his body. This is where he's bringing us. This is where he's bringing his body. I believe we're in a day that we're in a generation that God is making this happen. He's bringing his body into such an like a close relationship with the spirit of God that when it goes north, we go north. And when it goes south, we go south. And when he goes up, we go up. And when he goes down, we go down. It's just incredible, tight relationship with the will of God through the spirit of God. And what the Israelites had to go through to get to this place is something that we cannot overlook because let's face it, last week they were sinning with the golden calf. Were they not? Last week, a few chapters ago, they were sinning with the golden calf. This week, the glory fell. Last week, they messed up royally, like just this incredible mess up where God had to bring such enormous correction to them. But this week, the glory fell. What is God saying is that in spite of our failings, he's got plans. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. For peace, plans for peace, not of calamity. To give you a future and a hope. That's above and beyond our mess-ups. Last week, they messed up with the Spirit of God. I'm sorry, they messed up with the golden calf. This week, the Spirit of God, the glory falls in this amazing, thick, palpable way. And this is how it is for us. This is how it is for us. This is how it is for us. We can't avoid the golden calf experiences in our lives. But when we go through them, we view them as sort of like, oh, man, we messed up. We messed up. God surely is done with me now. I watched that video that I shouldn't have watched. God is done with me now. I went back into that addiction one time. God must be done with me now. I had a fit of rage. God must be done with me now. One Torah portion after the sin of the golden calf, the glory fell. This is God saying that I got plans for you that's beyond. That I got plans for you that's beyond. I got plans. I got plans. You know the best part of that scripture from Jeremiah for me? 
I mean, it's the future and the hope is awesome, but we know that. We know that. We know we got an awesome future. And we know that in Messiah we got an awesome hope. But you know the best part of that verse for me? So he says, I know the plans. Because we got our mess-ups. And we're like, I don't know what God's going to do with me now. And God says, I know. I know the plans I have for you. And we're like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen after this, this stress I'm having in my house with my spouse or with my kids. I don't know how God's going to use me. I don't know what's going to come with this. And God says, I know. Just turn the page. Just turn the page. Just turn the page. Sin of the golden calf, one Shabbat. The glory falling on another. And when we are getting to this, and I repeat that he's bringing us to this. I repeat that he's bringing his body to this. I repeat that this is the generation where his body is going to be so in tune with the spirit of God. All around the world. To bring us to that. We can't avoid sometimes the journey to get there. Exodus is a book of prophecy. It's from our salvation to when the general deploys us. To the full activation. To the full activation spirit of who he, who he is growing us to be. That's the book of Exodus. And the, book, the way I see it, the book of Exodus... This is the progression in the book of Exodus. I call it the Exodus progression. It starts with the atonement. That's our salvation. That's the blood of the lamb. It starts with our atonement. It goes to our empowerment. See, preachers need to have words. They either start with the same letter or end with the same letters. If it ends with the same letters, it's rhyming. If it starts with the same letters, it's alliteration. That would be challenging. So we start with atonement. That's salvation. That's Yeshua. That's the blood of the Lamb. The empowerment is 50 days later. What happened 50 days later? Pentecost. Which is what Shavuot, when he came down on Mount Sinai, which is the exact same day of Pentecost, the pouring out of his spirit. 50 days later. It's in the book of Exodus. Now, we want to go right from there to the deployment. Okay, I'm saved, I got the Spirit of God, and I'm ready to go. We forget the middle part, the refinement. And we don't want to do it. We'd rather just have the Spirit of God and be activated and go. But this is the time when God is, is crafting us and he's forming us. And it's a beautiful thing. The book of Hebrews says that those he loves, he chastens. And it doesn't feel good. But this is the tweaking of our life. This is the tweaking of our relationship with him. This is the tweaking of our hearing and our, our spiritual hearing. The tweaking of our, of our spiritual sight. And this is a process that we have to go through. The process of refinement before we get to that deployment. The activation. When the spirit is so, when we're like lockstep, where we're just moving where he moves. We go through a season of refinement. 
We go through a season of refinement in our homes, in our jobs, in our hearts. My gosh, in our hearts, in our thoughts. We go through this season. This is why we learn that the children of Israel didn't have an easy time getting to that place when the Spirit of God fell on the tabernacle. And it was moving, and they were moving with God with such ease. With such ease. They didn't have an easy time getting there. This is our walk with God. This is our walk with God. We have to go through the time where he's honing us and correcting us. And don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on it. Because at the end of it, we see the glory. We see the glory. The children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they came out with wealth. Do we know that? You all have a really good knack of nodding and sleeping at the same time. Sleeping and listening. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. We'll get there. That's all right. The children of Israel came out with wealth. They came out with jewelry. They came out with gold. And jewels. That's how they came out. And it belonged to the enemy. It belonged to Egypt. And when the time came... Egypt's like, take all the, go, leave our land, and by the way, here's all our jewels, take them too. Just get out of here. Why in the Bible does the victor take the spoils? Because when we go through battle, we come out wealthier. That's why. When we go through battle, we come out richer. When we go through trials, we come out with stuff that we didn't have before. And why is it the enemy stuff? It's like God is saying that it belongs to you, but the enemy has got claims on it until I bring you through the process, until I bring you through the battle. Once you're through with the battle, the enemy has no claims on it, and it's yours. And you come out with gifts. Gifts. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. The enemy had a claim on it. But once you go through it and you come out victorious, it's yours. The enemy loses his claim and it's yours. That's why the spoils go to the victor. That's why the spoils go to the victor. But we then got to go through the process of the refinement. We have to go through the process of the refinement. What did the children of Israel do last week with all these jewels? They made the, the idol. They sinned with it. They came out with all this stuff and they used it for sin. They needed to be corrected. That's not the only way they used it. Did you notice in that last week or in last Torah portion that God instructed them, no longer can you put the jewelry on yourself. Don't put ornaments on yourself. They used the gifts that they got from Egypt after they were done with that battle and God brought them out victoriously with wealth 
they used it for two things. They used it, one, for sin. Number two, they used it for self-adornment, pride. God had to correct both of those things. He had to correct the issue with the golden calf, and he had to correct the pride and say, you can't wear that yourself anymore. This Torah portion, that exact same set of, of wealth, of jewels, goes into the building of the tabernacle. Use it for God. If you come out with wealth, it was used for sin. It was used for self. God corrects it all, and it's used for his glory. It's used for his purpose. It's used for his tabernacle. It's used for his mishkan. And once that's done and that refinement process is done, the glory falls on this thing. And the people are marching with the lamb. And the people are moving with the lamb. You got to go through it. The book of Exodus is not that. Life in Messiah is not that. It's that. And it's a good thing. Don't despise it. Don't despise it. Don't run from it. I'm speaking to those that feel like they've been in this phase for too long. Hang in there. The deployment is coming. I'm speaking to those who are like, I want to serve the Lord, but here I am taking care of my family. Hang in there. Don't despise these days. It's an amazing, holy, beautiful time, the time of refinement. I looked in the dictionary of what refinement means, and these are just purely English definitions of refinement, but I think they're meaningful. The process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from a substance. I want that. I don't know about you sleepers, but I want that. Psalm 139 was read a couple of times. Search me and know me. Reveal any way, wicked way within me. And lead me in the way everlasting. That's refinement. That's the refinement process. And the other definition I saw was the improvement or clarification of something by the making of small changes. I love that. I love that. I want my life to be a life of refinement. I've been through big changes, and I've been through small changes. The big changes happen. The big changes happen. I've experienced it. I've experienced things where, I, you know, I had this one habit or something, or something that wasn't really of the Lord, and God will remove it in a moment, in a New York, Jerusalem minute. He will remove it. Big changes in a moment. But don't despise the steps, the steps are ordered by the Lord. Refinement is little changes throughout your life. And it's holy, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome, and it's part of our life in Messiah. You know, King David, who wrote Psalm 139, I think he wrote Psalm 139. Maybe it was one of those other psalm writers. I have to double-check that one. You could fact-check that one. But King David had this little refinement. You know, we speak, we see at the end of the book of Exodus how the glory fell on the tabernacle. You know, there was this one moment where something similar happened with King David, where he, was, he had a vision to bring the ark into Jerusalem. 
Do we know the story? The ark was in Shiloh, Shiloh, and he said, no, 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 this thing's got to come into Jerusalem, into the city of David. So he goes and he takes the ark, and a bunch of people, they were, you know, they were parading around with the ark, and the ark starts getting wobbly on its, um, you know, because there were some animals on, you know, you know, bringing it forward. The ark was on a cart, and all of a sudden, this one guy that wasn't supposed to touch it according to the law touches it. Boom, he gets zapped from heaven in full Raiders of the Earth, Lost Ark, Hollywood fashion, right? And King David goes, I'm done. No more. Thanks, but no thanks. This ark is pretty cool, but it's a little too unsafe. I'm going to put this thing in somebody else's home, and I'm going to leave it there. Forget about it coming to Jerusalem. I'm done. We get to this place sometimes. We have plans. But God kind of puts a left turn to our plans. And we go, I'm done. I'm done. Has anybody just felt that like they had to ever get to this place where they just feel like, I'm, I, I just, I'm just done. King David got to that place. No more. I'm going to put that thing over there. Until he went through the refinement. And had to come to terms with God and realize that something that he did needed refinement and correction. And he had to eat a nice slice of humble pie and recognize that he did something wrong and he allowed something wrong to happen. And he had to humble his heart and he had to go through the correction. And when he got to the place of humility and said, okay, I get it. We're going to do it again now. And we're going to do it right. And he did it right. And when the ark came into Jerusalem, guess what happened? The glory fell. The spirit fell. We got to go through our times of correction. We got to go through our times of refinement. We have to go through our times of humility and the times that God is tweaking our mind, tweaking our heart, tweaking our family, tweaking our homes, tweaking, tweaking us. But he's bringing us to a good place. And he's bringing us to a good land. And he's bringing us to a higher level of relationship with him. So who here is willing to go through the refinement to get to the deployment? I am. I am. I am. We're approaching a new month. And not just any month. The first month. The month of salvation. The month of redemption. What a good time to say, Father, I am open to your correction because I know you're bringing me to the deployment. I am open to the refinement because I know you're bringing me to the deployment. This body of Messiah, may it be open to the refinement because the time is coming for the deployment. Very soon, very soon, very soon, what Ezekiel saw of this vision of all this, these animals with the heads and the human heads and going just with the spirit. I'm telling you, 
he saw you, he saw the body of Messiah activated. And this is where God is bringing us. And let's enter into this new month with this understanding of being open to his correction and his refinement in preparation for the deployment and the activation. Thank you, Father. We try to do this. If Susie can come forward, may I ask Carrie to come forward and just play a little keyboard. We try to do this on Nissan 1, the day. Because as Stephanie shared, on the day of Nissan 1, the first day of the first month, is actually the day that the tabernacle completed its creation. They, they finished building it. And it was anointed. Every bit of it was anointed. Val just went Yaman. That's Hebrew. On Nissan 1, the tabernacle was completed. Its, its, its erection was complete. Its building was complete. And it was anointed. Every bit of it was anointed. Its inside, its outside was all anointed with oil. And we have this little tradition here at Mishkan that on Nissan 1, if possible, because you're the tabernacle of God. And as Stephanie said, you know, if it happened on Nissan 1 then, let's enter into what God is doing on this day into the spirit of what God is doing. I call it the rhythm of heaven. Like what he's doing on that day. Let's press into that. And on Nissan 1, the tabernacle was anointed. Well, we're not going to be together in person on Nissan 1 this year. Many of us will be online with Stephanie studying the Torah. No, Wednesday night or Thursday night? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Okay. So we won't be together in person. But here we are on the Shabbat where this, that event happened in the Torah portion of today. And here we are on the Shabbat where we commemorate the new month. So we'll do it today. So as I close the service, I'd like everybody to come forward. And Susie and I will anoint you. Because you are the tabernacle of God. And in spirit, this is the day that it was anointed. And let's prepare our hearts for the refinement and soon the deployment in Yeshua's name.